This time, I watched The Lonedale Operator from 1911. It's another of the short films that D.W. Griffith created for the Biograph Company, and it's the first of his films that I've watched that doesn't feature Florence Lawrence. This time, the lead actress is Blanche Sweet, and she's the star of the picture. Lawrence was always in some kind of a co-star or secondary role, but this film was all about Blanche Sweet. She plays the telegrapher, the daughter of the Lonedale operator, who is so-called because he runs the train station and handles the telegraph in the town of Lonedale. She takes over for her father one day when he gets sick, and so she becomes the Lonedale operator. The day that she takes over is the day the payroll for the local mine is delivered, and a couple tramps who are hanging around the train yard set their sights on the money. Our heroine realizes the men are trying to break in, and she locks the doors and tries to telegraph ahead to the next station, crying for help. At first, there's no response. Griffith cuts to the other station, where we see the operator there fast asleep. Oh no! Luckily, he wakes up and he receives her plea for help. Back in Lawndale, Sweet passes out, no doubt from the exertion of tapping the telegraph key. She swoons. Luckily, her boyfriend, a train engineer played by Francis J. Grandin, is given the message, and he jumps in a train and speeds in her direction to save the day. But he's not in time. The tramps have broken down the front door, and they're about to bust through the office door to where she and the money are. Thinking quickly, Sweet turns out the light just before the tramps access the room, and when they come in, she holds them at bay with what appears to be a gun, except we were shown earlier in the movie that she turned down her father's offer of a gun. When he got sick and left, he tried to give it to her like, hey just in case, and she was like, nope, not me. So what's going on? Well, we find out when her boyfriend arrives. The lights go on, and she shows everyone that it was a steel wrench all along. The tramps, they acknowledge that they were outwitted. They doff their hats, and they bow to her as they're led off to jail. The damsel in distress saved herself. Like the other Griffith films that I've watched so far, This one is noticeably better than most everything else I've seen. There's one early scene in particular that stands out, where the camera is at first focused on a tree branch and the leaves and it's swaying in the wind, and then Sweet and Grandin walk into the scene, under the branch, into the foreground, and they stop right where the camera is looking and they have a conversation. That's totally mundane by today's standards, but I hadn't seen anything quite like that yet. It was very great camera work. This is also the first time I recall a film with a close-up shot, which is what Griffith used to show the audience that Sweet had been holding a wrench rather than a gun. Suddenly you got this great close-up and it was, there's this steel wrench. I hadn't seen anything like that before. And then more generally, the film is more complex than the previous ones. The way it cuts back and forth between a number of simultaneous actions and locations, I hadn't seen anything quite like that. Many of the films I've watched have had cuts from scene to scene for linear action, like Romeo 
is part of the kidnapping, and then he goes off to Juliet, and then you go back to the father who's got the bag on his head. But this was the first time where something was happening, and then we saw something else that was happening at the same time. So you would see like the same period of time. I wonder if that might have been a little confusing to audiences at the time, because I noticed that in the film, color tints were used to sort of keep the viewers informed as to where scenes were taking place, likely because they weren't used to seeing two things happening at once. So the, the movie's black and white until Blanche Sweet gets in the office. Once that happens, anytime we see something outdoors, it's tinted blue. And Anytime we see her rescuers, once the boyfriend and his friend are in the train on the way, whenever we cut to them, it's tinted red. That would let the audience know that, okay, what you saw a moment ago, we've now gone back in time and we're showing what else is happening in this other place. Again, by today's standards, it's simple, it's obvious. Nobody, even a child watching this would be able to easily follow what's happening because we've seen so many movies like it. But I think Griffith was doing something, if not original to him or original to this film, that was still relatively new to audiences. And that's The Lone Dale Operator, which was released on March 23rd, 1911. Next, I'm watching Desdemona, a film from 1912, directed by August Blom. <laughs> 